This is Craig Williams, founder of Journey 12 and the publisher of Waverly School's official magazine, The Six. Through the school and community engagement work we do here at Journey 12, I have a unique opportunity to witness up close the impact of outstanding educators at work. And today, I get to sit down with Waverly's Music and Fine Arts Department in the persons of Heather Johnson, Bob Mitchell, and Abby Brown. You know, as the father of three and an advocate for educational opportunity for all, I have nothing but praise for Waverly Schools in their commitment to excellence in the arts. It's a pretty big deal. Let's jump in and meet our guests. I'm really excited to be talking to you guys. I love the arts. I'm a big arts guy. And so I'm excited to be talking to Ms. Johnson, Ms. Brown, and Mr. Mitchell, Fine Arts Department at Waverly Schools. Now, I know that some of you, I think you mentioned when we were off mic that one or, or several of you are in the high school and junior high and others are elsewhere. Go ahead and introduce yourselves. Talk to me about where you are and what you're doing. Well, I teach music at the elementary currently. But I'm hoping to start a band program as well. There's been one in the past, but hasn't been this year. And so hoping to start that new and then I'll be doing K through 12. That is so awesome. So you've got a whole lot of different things going on and you want to get a band program going. And what's that involved? And what's that all about? Tell me about it. Well, I have to coordinate with teachers, especially with beginning band, because that means the fifth and sixth graders will be pulled out of some of their other classes to have lessons. I have time during my Mondays, and so they can be pulled out during that one day. But it's just getting it up and going. They want to start a band program again next year. But I can't start a band if I don't start a band. Like, that sounds (laughs) weird. But I have to have kids who are interested in band and have kids who have a start before I can say, okay, next year, you know, we're starting a band. If they don't know anything about music or anything about being in band, then it's not going to motivate them to be in band. So the hope is to, I have to contact the music shop in the area and get them out here for music rentals. So that'll happen in the next week or two. And then it'll be whenever they can come over and get us started and then get kids interested. How many kids do you think you'll get involved? I mean, if you were just placing a bet, what do you think that looks like? I have absolutely no idea. Let's see. Sixth graders, maybe somewhere between five and 10. I'm honestly not sure. Some of them had started last year, but I don't know how many of them want to come back to be in band. Right. Fifth grade, I have absolutely no idea. There are 34 kids in the class, so it could be anywhere from one or two to 34, I suppose, but... That's exciting. It's exciting not knowing. I mean, it's going to be a wild card. Let's see who shows up. This is going to be fun. I think that's wonderful that you're doing that. And it's going to provide a whole new dimension, you know, for engagement and expression for those kids. So that's going to be very cool. Abby, tell me what your thing is. What do you work on there? I teach junior high and high school art. And then I do a photography class and yearbook. Oh, wow. Yeah, I do a lot. (laughs) So your photography class, what are you doing in there? I mean, of course, you're probably working entirely digital space, I would presume, at this point in time and in history, but maybe not. Tell me about it. Sort of, yes. We don't have a darkroom anymore, so there's no film and like having to process or anything like that. Okay. But I was a photographer for 10 years before I started teaching here. And so they opened the photography class and got the kids all some Canon cameras. 
So there's like nine of them for the kids to share. And then wow. I basically teach them how to use it. So they don't get to put it on the little green box that says auto. They have to use manual mode just like they would a film camera. And right. it's, it's pretty cool. So teach them the basics about composition and how to actually physically use that piece of equipment. Yeah. So I imagine you're probably starting off with like the rule of thirds and, you know, talking mm-hmm. about depth of field and sort of, you know, why it matters sometimes to, you know, use a longer shutter speed and how you got to use a tripod for that and all that kind of stuff. Yep. They oh, do that's all cool. photography one. And then my photography two kids that have learned those skills focus more on personality and portraiture. So, yeah. Oh, that's wonderful that you're doing that. We should have you do some of the shots for us for the magazine. I mean, let the kids do some of that shooting. Why not? Wouldn't that be fun, Bob? Doing a lot too. Yeah, I think it'd be great. So, Bob, tell us what you do. Yeah, I'm the elementary art teacher. I'm a retired teacher who came back. So, oh, I was wow. And I did not like being retired. So, I had this opportunity to come to Waverly, and I absolutely love it. I teach kindergarten through sixth grade. Oh, wow. Cool. And then Abby and I also do an after-school art enrichment program. We did that two nights a week at the beginning of the first semester. And then this semester, we're doing it one night a week. And what we did on the first nine week, we focused on community and bringing art into the community. And we helped the Memorial Hospital System in Springfield, Illinois. They had a tree Christmas tree festival uh, festival, and it was called Holiday Fest. It was down at the State Museum. So Abby and I had the kids create a a tree that went with their theme for that. We did it last year, too. So we kind of tell the kids that, you know, we want to make sure that art is present and it's in the community. And, you know, we want to make sure that we use art to help other people. So we had that all going and we did really well. We are the People Choice winner for this year. Oh wow! Got second place. So Super we're, proud of the kids. We're very proud of the kids. We have our middle school is very small, and our high school is very small. So our grades for that art enrichment is fourth grade all the way up. So it's kind of unique to have all those kids together. Some of the older kids are in their you know, working with the younger kids. And it's just a neat program that we're able to offer. I think that's remarkable. That's terrific to hear that you've got that much depth of programming and that there's that much interest in the programming and within the community as well. So that's remarkable. Are you doing anything with three-dimensional art, doing any sculpting or or any clay work, or is it mostly two-dimensional stuff? Kiln just finished firing, actually. It should be cooling down now today. Really? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I did with Abby's help. Abby helps me with the kiln because I get it all goofed up sometimes. I think it's my old age. But Abby helped me third through sixth. We did clay, the regular clay, the, you know, the firing of the clay, the, the you know, all of that. And, and we went through all the whole process. Fifth grade's doing a different project. They're doing a plaster casting of mask. They have to design a Mardi Gras mask. My K through two, they did clay also, but we did the air dry clay. And we talked a lot about texture. You can press into clay. You can carve, you out. Can carve out of clay. 
you can, you know, turn clay into different shapes. So we did that with the little kids and they all made clay sculpture. And like I said, mine are down in the kiln. And then Abby can talk about what she does at the high school. She takes it to the next level. Mine were supposed to be Mardi Gras masks, but they went crazy and have like Medusa heads and demon horn scary things. <laughs> that, wow. Yeah, how fun. Very creative. So we'll see how it fires. Well, you know, you guys, you don't have to say much to convince me, but I'm going to go ahead and ask you anyway. Why is art and music so important? Talk to me. Who wants to go first? Well, we all probably have. (laughs) We all probably could talk to you for days on that. But yeah, you want to go first? Oh, sure. For me, it's, you know, I was not athletic growing up and music was like the thing for me. And it allowed me to be creative. It allowed me to have something that I was able to do well and was able an area I was able to shine. It gives kids and a chance to be creative and in a different way than they are even in like writing classes, English classes where you get to write things like there's so much creativity in music and in arts in general. And like, it kind of brings all the other subjects together and that's what we turn to, whether we turn to playing music or listening to music as we do things around the house, or if we're going as far as, you know, watching television shows, that's all creativity. That's all art. Without art classes in general, we wouldn't have any of that. Life would be very boring without art. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Just, eh. Yeah. That's yeah. what I, I have a poster that yeah. says that somewhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> without music, life would be flat. Nice. <laughs> uh-huh. I would say like... I'm kind of like Heather. I was very not athletic. I do not like to run. I do not like basketball. Like I wasn't one of the sports people in, in Waverly. A lot of times like basketball is a very important aspect. We do the whole holiday tournament that you guys just did the podcast on and like their sports are huge and there's nothing against that. But then I feel like there's a few kids that'll get left out of that fold. And like, I tell all my art kids, art's a universal language. So it helps you communicate with anybody. It doesn't matter yeah. if they're athletic or an introvert that just wants to sit and read a book like that whole art world connects to everyone and everyone can draw something from it. So I think it connects like, Heather said with all the other classes, language, we do critiques in high school art. I know they don't really, we start them in junior high. That started with me. I make the kids look at their work and critique it. And we talk about how it can be constructive and what's good and what draws their eye and what draws their attention as opposed to like just drawing it and putting it in a folder and never looking at it again. Oh, critiques are super important. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's, and you know, I would even go so far as to say art is, is a wonderful place for failure to coexist with, with success, you know, because you don't get to where you're going without failing and making some mistakes. Some of them turn out to be happy accidents as, as our friend Bob Ross Ross would say, but you know, even the ones that are absolutely terrible choices that we knew there were terrible choices going in, we learn from those. So Bob, what do you say to this idea of why art music matters so much? Well, I also wasn't an athlete. I, <laughs> I, I was drawn to 
to all of the arts. I was drawn to the music part. I was a band kid. I was also a choir kid. I was also an art kid. And I saw also as a theater kid. So I dabbled in all four. The reason I teach is because of my theater teacher. She inspired me. She stowed us to this day. I had the honor of being elected teacher of the year in Springfield. And I could invite five people and of the five people, I invited her because I wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for her. So I think as a teacher, I need to be the one that inspires and I need to be the one that that goes to these kids and tells them they do matter and they do have a talent and they can create. And it doesn't matter what they create. You know, I don't you have to. Mess it up. You can't mess it up. I might. I don't have to like your art you have to like your art and i try to instill that into them all the time that they are the creative ones and i was an administrator too and i was administrator in middle school the highest achieving students that i would work with were in band yeah they were the band yeah. kid because you know why because they're learning a skill that the other kids aren't learning mm-hmm. it's almost like learning a foreign language mm-hmm. so right. They are getting that higher level thinking. I had the opportunity my last five years, I resigned from administration, went back to art. So our kids that are in art, they are the ones that are the problem solvers. Just like you said, you make yeah. a mistake, you make that mistake work for your best interest. Yeah. And, you know, you always make sure that you... You know, you're there encouraging and they're using the tools they have. But, you know, you just give them the opportunity to explore and and work. And if I wouldn't have had a teacher that cared and I wouldn't have had a teacher that looked at me and said, hey, you matter. You can do something. You might not be the best basketball player, but you know what? Let's put you on stage. And that's exactly what worked. All right. So two things. Number one, I think you're looking at my interview notes because I was headed in the direction that you took us, which was to ask each of you to to share with me who inspired you as a younger person initially to have your interest in art and or to go into teaching. And number two, before we move on to the others to answer that question. Bob, you're not old. Stop it. Because if you're old, then I'm old. I would wager that you're older or that I'm older than you. So be careful of the old stuff. We're doing fine, you and me. Yeah, it's just, you know, education has changed. Education yeah, has changed in the 30 some years that I've been doing it. And the reason it's changed is technology has now come into it. And I think that's a great thing that we have the technology, but at the same time, I think it's also a great thing that the kids still have a paper and a pencil and a paintbrush. Sure. So you have to be that person to be the one to balance that out. And okay, um, I, I agree. You know, the people that are hiring kids out of college, they're looking for creativity. They're looking for people that think out of the box. They're looking critical for people thinkers. that are critical thinkers, that are problem, problem solvers. solvers. And that is what art is about. That is what music's about. That's what theater is about. That's what even the technology art piece. Art, 
addresses the whole child. Let's move around the room a little bit. I want to make sure that we give your colleagues okay. an opportunity to, to <laughs> chime in a little bit. But I agree with everything you're saying. I, I couldn't agree more. You know, my son was a three-sport athlete. He was constantly involved in athletics when we lived in Southern Illinois. And when we moved to St. Louis and he went to high school as a freshman there, um, by the sophomore year, he was full-on theater kid, you know, full-on writer. You know, that became his world. The humanities became his world. Art became his world. Expressive areas of interest became his world. So I love that, what you're saying. Abby, tell me about what inspired you to become an artist originally. You said that you'd done photography for 10 years before you began teaching. Is that what I heard you say? I did. And I actually didn't start photography until my sophomore year of college. And I had a professor that, like, his name is Mr. Mitchell. Ironically, he actually, it's Adele Mitchell. He worked for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch for years. Ah, And yeah, so he kind of like took me under his wing and spoiled me a little bit. I got to be in the dark room whenever I wanted. So that was exciting. That's wonderful. (laughs) Had my own enlarger. So like I actually got the hands-on processing film and that's where I started with my photography. But before that, I think when I was younger, we had those uh, commercials that would come on TV and you could like get your art test for college and they'd send you this little pamphlet that you'd Mm -hmm. like complete this turtle or Mm -hmm. draw this thing. I was doing those from the time I was in second grade and sending them in. (laughs) So I think I've always just been like observant in that aspect in the art aspect, not so much the like rest of the world, (laughs) like art. But your Mr. Mitchell was a huge inspiration for you photographically when you were younger. I mean, when you were younger, go back to when you were, you know, in third grade, fourth grade, do you remember being moved by a teacher and it doesn't have to be an art teacher, but was there a teacher that you can recall that maybe you would invite to your award ceremony if, if you should be the, the subject of that praise? (laughs) Well, I had a really good relationship with my kindergarten teacher from way back when, and she's always encouraged everything. I actually invited her to my wedding and made sure that she was there for it. So paid to get her there. But even after that, I think it's got to be the name Mitchell, something about it. My first grade teacher was a Mrs. Mitchell, no relation to anybody, but she's now here. And I think she really like when I would get frustrated with math or something, I always had doodles on my papers, even in first grade. She would let me go to the art teacher's room to like cool off or, you know, just relax or give me a piece of paper to draw on just to relax for a minute. And I think that was probably a big, big help in my little world at first grade, whatever age that would be, seven. Yeah. Yeah, You're seven years old or so. So it sounds like you had some really important people early on. And it is interesting, isn't it? How many Mitchells sort of have, 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 have been. How about you, Heather? Who was your inspiration? What got you interested in music? So from an early age, I grew up going to church and my grandpa was actually a minister and his wife is the church organist. And my aunt is the church pianist. My mom was on like the praise and worship team. And I mean, they had me starting to sing little solos, even when I couldn't hear and couldn't sing to save my life. As a little, little kid, they had me singing, you know, Jesus loves me and things like that. So that's how I started. Then my aunt played bassoon in high school, my other aunt. 
So my dad's sister, Aunt Susie, played bassoon, but she played flute for marching band. So when it was time for band signups in fifth grade, my parents were like, okay, your dad played trumpet, your aunt played the flute. Those are the two instruments you can choose because then we don't have to pay for it. So I chose flute because I was going to get braces and I've stuck with it ever since. Never, never doubted that decision, never regretted it for a moment. And then when I got to high school, my first year of high school, my band director, Mr. Bogue, was awesome, super great. But the school had to cut some people and he was one of the unfortunates who didn't come back the next year was let go. We got a new band director and she was great. She is now like the fine arts director for all of U46 up in Elgin. She was pretty encouraging too, but I took flute lessons starting in my freshman year of high school with Mr. Scott Metlica, who plays with the Elgin Symphony Orchestra. He plays with a couple of orchestras in Indiana and in Michigan and in Wisconsin. And so he would work with me once a week. And it was very helpful to have someone that I could lean on and that would encourage me and help me get through some of these things. I went, oh, I can barely play, but I want to be better to him going, you're going to audition and you're going to, you're going to go into music. I know you're going to go into music and you're going to do really, really well. So it was a bumpy road, but I got there and I had so many people encouraging me and pushing me to be the best that I could. So it was great. My grandparents were able to buy me a new flute. My, they were able to buy me a piccolo. They were able to help me with so many different things. So I have family, I have teachers, I have everybody. everybody. I mean, I was just, they, everybody saw that in me. I didn't necessarily see it, but I kind of got pushed and shoved in that direction. And I'm pretty okay with that. And now you're helping so many other young people because of the the talents that you now have acquired and the skills that you have. And, and each of you are, are really doing remarkable things. And, you know, I know that you're probably already seeing kids out in the community that were students of you perhaps before, or maybe, you know, they will be at some point. I'm not sure, Heather. I think you've just started in the district, haven't you? Yeah. You've been there for how first long? Year. First year. And, and how about you, Abby? How long have you been in the district? I started last year when my high school art teacher asked me to take over for her. Oh, wow. How cool. So eventually you guys are definitely going to be seeing folks out in the community and, you know, in their grown up versions of their sixth grade selves and what have you. Right. And I know, Bob, you already have, I'm sure, encountered tons of your students from your past teaching lives that have have approached you and and told you how much they've appreciated what you were able to do for them and how you've helped them become, you know, an expressive individual and, you know, really connect with the world in a way that they may not have been able to so easily do. I mean, that's really quite a thing. I spoke with an administrator this morning at a district a little bit larger than yours, but not much larger. They only have about 600 students, K through 12. It's Serena, Illinois, if you know where that is. It's outside of Chicago, about 20 minutes north of Ottawa, Illinois. And there's a 15-year-old flautist there who plays with some Chicago area symphony orchestra. And I don't know which one, but I'm going to meet her on Tuesday and interview her. So that's a wonderful story, right? I mean, yeah. I wonder if it's EYSO. The Elgin has a youth symphony orchestra orchestra. One of my brothers, one of my younger brothers played trumpet with them. I auditioned, but didn't get in, but he auditioned his freshman year of high school and played all four years. So yeah. Well, maybe it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it is that very, that very symphony yeah. orchestra. I'm going to find out, but I'm excited about that. Yeah. And so certainly somebody who's been around the arts my entire life, 
I started my darkroom career as a nine-year-old, you know, in 1971. And that's where I spent most of my time until I was 17 years old. So I can totally relate to your love for photography, Abby, and what that's meant to you and, and how that became something really special for you. You're all doing remarkable work, and, and I'm so excited to be able to share some of your story, you know, with the community. And, you know, we're living in a STEM world. I mean, you know, there's so much focus on that side of education, and I understand that. There's also a lot of focus on the trades, and I also understand that, and I respect all of that. But I think that we can't let the arts get the short shrift, right? It's so important for us to continue to remind our communities and, and our students just how valuable, you know, this side of their brain is and how much it can mean to the community and to the world, right? I think our community is really good about it. Like we put on the art show every year and like we have upwards of six, 700 people come down to the art show just to see like K through 12 artwork. Um, walk through the whole school and give our art program donations. So like Waverly as a community is really good about supporting the kids that are doing art. We just did the Christmas program on December 15th, and I was absolutely blown away by the amount of people that were here. I mean, there are like 220 kids pre-K through sixth, and I mean, the gym floor was completely covered in chairs. I have no idea how many chairs were full, really, but... I mean, there were a lot of bodies in that room. The bleachers were completely packed. There were tons of people down on the ground as well. It was incredible. I've, I haven't put on a concert of any sort for that many people as a director. And I was just like, wow, that's a lot of people. And it's super fantastic. Cool. Yeah, that they'll come out and support their kids and support the school, yeah. support the arts program. You know, these two helped me with some like set design, basic set design for the program. And it just people were kind of blown away by having something on the stage but i like to work with my colleagues i'd like to make it not just me music is yeah. art music is math etc yeah bob I, I don't know if we asked earlier or not so i'm going to ask now how long have you been in the district this time around this is my second year okay. last year was my first year and yeah this is my second year in waverly okay so, yeah, it's been great working with these two. Have, it's been really, really good. I think these two already are superstars. I just am excited to see where they're going to be in 30 years. So it, it's just fun working with people that have the same passion. So... Yeah, I see that. I see that in all three of you. I see a real passion for the work you're doing. And and nothing could serve those kids better than to have three people who really love the arts themselves and see the value in the arts and can help your students unearth their interests and take that even further. So I'm so grateful to have the chance to talk with the three of you today. And um, so thank you for making time to do this. Thank you're you. Welcome. Thank, thank you. Thank you. You know, art and music are among humankind's earliest means of expression. For millennia, we have called upon art and musical expression in countless day-to-day -day interactions between one another, but also between entire civilizations. Even today, art and music acts as accompaniment to our deepest moments of grief and our most ecstatic moments of celebration. Access to creative expression through art and music affords our students here in Waverly entry to the deepest channels of human experience, engagement, and expression. 
Through their good work as educators and a genuine passion for their art, Ms. Johnson, Ms. Brown, and Mr. Mitchell are bringing something very special to Waverly students. And you know what? We're all the better for it. Well, that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed our discussion today and that you'll subscribe so you won't miss a single episode in the future. Again, I'm Craig Williams with Journey 12 for The Six Podcast. And as always, it is my honor to help share some of the important stories behind your community's next generation, today's students. Listen, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay engaged in your own remarkable journey. And if you're able, help someone else along with theirs as well. 